Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Okay, I'm just going to pray before we start the message today. So Father God, I thank you that you're here with us right now, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that you are wanting to speak into each and every one of our lives this morning. Lord, I just pray, uh, just pray against any sort of blockages to your word being preached this morning. I pray that people would have open hearts, open ears, open spirits, open minds um, to just receive what you want to say, Father. I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation here today. That, Father, you'd write something on our, the tablet of our hearts that we go away with, that we would be changed and become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you, have you got the slides there, Jason? Can you, can you see them? Yeah, if we just, yeah, if you keep that one up for, for now. Yes, so, actually, before I move on, where's, where's Penny? She's still here somewhere. The Freedom in Christ course, I have to say, similar to Penny, I did that years and years and years ago when I first became a Christian, and I was kind of a bit reluctant to do it. Um, and I was a very new Christian, and my, my pastor back then told me that, you know, she really, really strongly said, I really want you to do this course, it'll be really good for you. And I did it, and like Penny, the things that I learned on that course, I still apply to my life today. They're building, foundational building blocks that especially talk about who you are in Christ. And I know as Kingdom Faith, Pastor Collins' kind of lifelong message is about in Christ Jesus, who we are in Christ. And, you know, before that was before I came to Kingdom Faith. I learned some very key truths about who I was and how to kind of, how, how, you, how you live as a Christian and, and how you see yourself and how you deal with things and forgiveness and all of the kind of things that, um, that Penny was mentioning there. So I would really suggest that if you feel that, that you need it. Also, another course that just popped into my mind, um, First Steps, that's... that's a beginner's Christian course, but again, it's a good equipping course that we run um, where you can join in, and it just gets you equipped, gets you ready um, to take your kind of first steps into being a Christian. Very good course, again, good, very good foundational teaching. Great, okay. And not just for, found, you know, both of those courses you can do again and again, and actually sometimes you need to do them again and again because they just strengthen your faith. So this morning we're talking about how to respond with faith. And actually, that's something Pastor Clive mentioned in his message last week, which was a very, very good message. If you haven't heard that, you know, just go online and, and have a listen. Uh, it was about being awake, being alert, being ready, in this, spiritually ready for this season that we're going into. And um, he did mention that very briefly about us being responding in faith to different situations and circumstances and things that come up in our lives. And I'm just going to kind of unpack that a bit more this morning, and then we're going to have communion as well. And communion we haven't had for a long, long, long time together as a church family. Um, so we're going to try using these new little communion kind of cups with the wafer in them, a bit, bit of like an old school kind of way of taking communion. But um, yeah, we're going to do that right at the end. So how to respond with faith. So 
what got me thinking about this, this title and this topic was actually, well, I was having a conversation with a lady, actually, where, where, you know, um, Anna and I were invited out for dinner with, a, with another couple, and she was kind of mentioning it, and, it, and I was like, yeah, that's, there's, some, there's something in that, and I had some ideas as well and some stuff that God had been speaking to me about previous, and I kind of put them together. But, um, you know, how do we respond in different circumstances, situations, when we hear bad news or we hear something difficult that comes up? How do we respond with faith? So we heard some bad news last week, and um, it was quite challenging news about Pastor Colin. And, you know, we had a video, and if you haven't seen that video, you probably need to go and watch that. I did put it out on the hotline. I'm, not, I'm sure most of you have seen that now. And, you know, the, he's, had a bad, he's had a bad report from the doctors about some, what's going on in his body. Um, but how, how do we react? How do we respond when we hear something like that? Um, because we can all have bad reports, you know, things that we hear or diagnoses so not just about health but in all sorts of ways in every area of our lives we can hear something that that is that can be negative that can be challenging how and and so what I want to unpack this one is how do we respond to those things you know in the bible we're not promised that our life is going to be easy that we're not going to have any difficulties we're not going to struggle we're not going to have things that happen that come up in life that that are going to be you know that are a challenge. We're going to we're going to have challenges in life, and um, we need to learn how we navigate those and how we go through those with God. So when we hear something like that, are we gripped with fear and worry? Do we immediately kind of go into kind of like a a negative, hopeless response and despair and depression, where we kind of just want to? kind of just quit and give up and throw in the towel and just say, well, it is what it is and I can't do anything about it and, and, and just go kind of down a negative spiral because sometimes that can be a response to, to news like that or, or bad news in our lives. Or, you know, some people respond in a way where they kind of block, block the news out, block the thing out and just pretend it's not happening and kind of put your fingers in your ears and just... just kind of zone out from the whole circumstance and go into a kind of a passive mode of like, well, just I'll put it on the back burner and just concentrate on something else, pretend it's not happening. Is that how, is that how maybe you respond? I don't know. Or do we immediately look to God and challenge the circumstance and act and actually the word that we're looking for is trust. Do we just trust God? Because actually some things that happen in our lives can be, they are things that, that we can't change. There's, there's nothing you can do about them. Um, but do we still trust in God when we, when we go through things like that, when we hear news like that? You know, I looked up the um, dictionary definition of trust, and it's this, it's a firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. So a firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. So, I mean, that sounds like faith to me. So the word trust is being being able to solidly trust someone or something. And actually, we know that 
we, well, I hope most of you trust God in different ways, and you know, but we trust him because we know he is firm, he's solid, he's reliable, and he will come through. So we trust him, or we should be trusting him. You know, I was, um, I was thinking about Job in the Bible and how, you know, some pretty bad things happened to him. He lost his family. He lost lots of things in his, in his life. And his wife kind of just said to him, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? <laughs> it's a very encouraging wife he had there. Um, but as he was kind of looking to God, I mean, he went through his kind of journey of ups and downs and kind of believing God one minute and then kind of, you know, just, just being negative about the whole situation. But do we take... Do we take on stuff, a thought process like that, where we, go, we hear a bad report about something and then we kind of just take on this, right, not curse God and die, but kind of do we just accuse God for doing it and then just give up and just throw in the towel and say, oh, okay, right, God, you, you did this. It's your fault. This is all happening. So I just give up on you and I'm just going to kind of go into working this thing out myself and you lose trust in God. Because sometimes we can just have a negative mindset. We can have kind of where we kind of think through the worst case scenario. Sometimes, you know, the, the circumstances may not even be what they seem, but we kind of just go, we can just have this kind of, we just immediately click into, oh, this is, this is just going to turn out bad, this is going to work out bad, and, and, and everything is going to go wrong. You know, I remember sometimes... You know, I, I've, I've got, I sometimes struggle with this. I remember when I used to work in, in my care home and I would get called, like, you, your, your supervisor type person would say to you, oh, the, the manager wants you to come up to head office to, to talk to them about something, but they don't tell you what it is. And immediately you kind of just think, oh, no, what have I done now? What, 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 what trouble am I in? What have I done? And you can start just working your way through this kind of negative process and start to get defensive and start to think, well, I, it couldn't have been my fault. It must have been someone else's fault. And you start to blame other people. And then you can go through this kind of thing, of, well, I just hate this job anyway and I never liked this job. And, I'm gonna, and you start thinking about, right, I'm going to start applying for another job and what, what other jobs can I do? And you can kind of just start going through this negative mindset where you've kind of already thought think you know what what they're going to say and you've already quit well you're thinking in your your head you're going to just quit this job and then you get to the office and they you know I've actually had you know had had this a few times where they say you know Rohan we just want to say thank you for everything you're doing for the company and how you dealt with that situation and do you know what I mean you can just have a kind of negative you know worst case scenario mindset and also with things to do with our health we can you know especially in these days with COVID, you know, God forbid you, you start to have a cough or you start to not feel very well and you, you can start thinking through, well, maybe I've got COVID and maybe I'm going to end up in hospital and I'm going to be on a ventilator and maybe I'm going to die and, you know, it's going around. So maybe I've, I've finally caught it and this is the end. And you can just start to go through a kind of downward spiral when actually you, you, you have a cough and it goes away the next day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... We don't want to be people that have that mindset. We want to be on the positive. We want to be thinking, okay, God, how can you work in this situation? So we're going to, we're going to just look into 
into that, which is obviously the title, Responding to Situations Like That with Faith. Um, I mean, obviously, if there is certain symptoms you have in your body, you know, obviously go to the doctors, get things checked out, don't just kind of pretend they're not there. But it's that mindset that we don't want to have where we start kind of writing ourselves off before we even know what the actual um, circumstances are. And actually in Job, in, if you, if, I don't know if you really read the story of Job. In, I've just found this in Job 3.25. He actually said, through all the stuff that he went through, he said this, that... Um, let's have a look here. He said that the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Uh, you, you know that scripture in Job. And it makes you think, well... Was he a fearful person? Was he worrying all the time that this thing could happen? I could lose my family. I could lose everything that I've got. And, I've, you know, he's had everything. He was a very wealthy, you know, person with a big family and everything, everything he had. It seemed like he had a fear in him of everything going wrong. And we don't want to be like that. So, what is the solution? Now, sometimes we know that we can't always, God doesn't always click his fingers and everything just disappears and becomes amazing. Sometimes God does work like that and miracles can be instant. Sometimes miracles can take a while. Uh, Pastor Clive mentioned that this morning that we're, you know, we're believing for a daily miracle for Pastor Colin, that progressively he's going to get better. Um, sometimes there's God wants us to patiently endure certain circumstances and persevere and press through and go through. I mean, always he wants us to do that. Um, but sometimes, yeah, things aren't just done immediately or, or to the time scale we want them done to. And actually, also the other side of having a negative mindset, the kind of opposite of that is sometimes we can go into... Um, and we, we can be guilty of that. I think people of faith, because of the faith teaching we have, which we do have very good faith teaching, but sometimes we can take it to another extreme where we just presume God is going to do certain things when actually God hasn't specifically said he is going to do this certain thing. We can just presume he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And we can actually think about the, the best case scenario for what we're going through when actually we need to hear God on that. And actually that can be equally damaging if you just you, you, you live your life in presumption where you just, right, God's going to do this, God's going to do that, he's, he's going to sort this one out, he's going to do... Actually, no, we actually need to hear God about exactly what he is going to do. And that's what faith actually is. Because faith is hearing God, hearing a rhema word from God, which we're going to talk about in a bit, and actually then pinning our faith to that and believing God is going to do what he said. If we just have that first scripture up, Jason, here's a good scripture, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we know that God is going to work it out for good. That's a good scripture to kind of pin our faith on right at the beginning. Um, if you go to the next one, and this is, where, this, is the, this is where faith comes in. This is where we learn how to 
how to have faith and respond with faith. So 1 John 5, um, 14 and 15 says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So this is all, I just starred the word will there because it's all about knowing his will. The confidence that we have, the faith that we have comes from knowing his will. So when we approach God and we know it's his will and we ask him for it, then we know as well that he hears us and we know, again, right at the end there, that we have what we have asked him for. So when we know what his will is on, in, in, in any given situation, we, we can know that he will act in a certain way. And sometimes it's not always to our time scale. It's not always, sometimes it's not even specifically in the way we want him to do it. I mean, I, I guess there's lots, of, you know, there's lots of situations this can apply to, so it's difficult to kind of express this in, in every given situation. You might have something in your head and it, it doesn't quite kind of work into this. But we know that God will step into to our situation or circumstance or whatever it may be when he's spoken and he's, and he's released his will to us. He, so we know his will. Um, can we have the next one? So we need, to know, we need to have faith, first of all, and we know that God is the author and perfecter of our faith. And faith is something that comes from him. It's not from us, it comes from God. He authors faith in us. And that scripture there is so important that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that, the word, word of God there is the rhema word of God. So it's the revealed will and the revealed word of God. What he's spoken, what he's highlighted to us, what he's shown us about the situation. And we know that faith, when we hear from God, when we get that rhema word, when we've received something from him, that's when faith is authored in us. It's released to us. And I'll give you some examples later on of, of, of how we can do that. But we need to get that word, that rhema word from him, that word that just releases faith and brings action. And once you hear, once you hear that, it's kind of like you know, so that previous scripture you then know you already have that thing. You've heard what God wants to say, what he wants to do, and you know, right, God is going to do this. And you can stand on that and you can pin, you know, you, 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 you pin your kind of the direction of your prayer to that. Now, a rhema word can come from many different ways. It can, we, I believe that often a rhema word should come from the scripture. It should be a scripture or something in the word that you know God is, is saying, or a story in the, in the Bible where you can see that God is acting in a certain way. And then God highlights to you that particular passage or piece of scripture or story, and then you can apply it to your circumstance. Um, rhema words can come from the word. It can come from when you're praying for someone, you might just feel like you get a scripture for them or you feel like you, you get a word for them and that's rhema that's like he's revealed that to you about that person or about that situation and you begin to pray in that way and you begin to declare that you begin to believe it and it and it takes place sometimes you might just hear God's voice directly and he says right I'm going to do this 
specific thing in this area and you and you begin to pray it believe it and just stand on it if we can have the next scripture so now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see so responding with faith is where God's spoken he's given you that rhema word and then you can have confidence that he is going to do what he said he's going to do and we stand on that and we believe that and it happens. If you go for the next one. Is that the last one? I think there's another one, isn't there? So um, Pastor Clive mentioned this last week in his message. said, but without faith is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when we... When we, when we come to God, we've got to believe that he, is, he will reward us for seeking him. We've got to believe that he is who he said he is. Um, and we apply faith. And actually, the rest of that chapter in Hebrews 11, many of you will know it, it actually talks about different men of, um, and women of faith throughout the Bible who have kind of come to God, believing that he will answer them, believing that he's going to do something in, in their lives and with their circumstance. And then they've, God's spoken to them. He's released something to them. And then they've pinned their faith to what God has said. Or sometimes it's in the voice of like an angel's come to them and told them, right, God is going to do this in your life. And they've been like, right, I believe that. And they begin to act on that. And faith actually has to have an action. Faith can't just be faith. Yeah, I believe it's going to happen. But there's something you've got to then do to make that faith a reality, make that faith real. Um, and sometimes that's just praying a certain way or declaring something in a certain way. But faith always has to have some sort of action or, or movement to it. I'll give you an example. So we are, um, at the moment, so Levi has just started, he's just started school here at Holy Trinity. So he's gone up from year six at his primary school and he's gone into here. And, um, you know, when your child goes from primary school to secondary school there there is it's a big step it's a big transition um especially for Levi he's a little bit small for his age and you know he might not be the most confident young man but he uh, you know he's he's kind of going into this whole new world from a primary school so primary school is very lovely and very sweet and you know in being in year six he would have been the oldest in his primary school and there's you know it's just very kind of relaxed and calm and the teachers treat them very nicely and all their mates are usually quite nice to them and and it's it's kind of like little young children I mean in where Levi would be you know you'd have kids as young as like five there up to his age of 10 11 so it's all nice there but obviously high school is a completely different ball game it can be quite a challenging place to be in and leave you know with Levi just getting him ready to go to high school we'd had to, you know we, we bought him a phone and we bought him a watch and we we're buying his all his clothes and um shoes and and everything and just getting him prepared and telling and he had to he has to walk all the way to school and walk home most most days and he, you know he's never kind of done anything like well he walked a little bit when he was in primary school but it's a lot lot a lot further distance to walk and you know there's there's 
there's space there for his parents for us to worry about him and to be like, oh no, is, how is he going to be? Is it, is it going to work out all right? What if he gets bullied? Or what if this happens or that happens? Can he cross the road on his own all right? And what if he gets lost? And, you know, we can go through a whole, like, you can actually go into a negative spiral of like, of all, thinking of all sorts of things that can happen at high school. But I, 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 begin to, I began to just pray for him. We pray anyway, but I began to just pray into this situation for him. And God gave me three different kind of rhema words for his, for his life. This is an example of, of how you can do this. And actually, God led me to these three different stories in the Bible and said, just pray these things over him. Claim these things over him. And oh, I think he's going to come in now. To be careful, um, pray these things over his life. Well, he could hear he can hear them for himself. I haven't actually told him this yet. So just pray these things over him. Levi, I'm talking about you. I don't you there? <laughs> so one was Daniel in the lion's den, and I felt God say to me, "I will be with him like Daniel in the lion's den. That even though he goes into a challenging situation." I will be with him all throughout his time there and I will shut the mouths of the lions. And another one was about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the, the, the fiery furnace. And, he, and God was saying to me, I'll be with him in the fiery furnace. And you know the story where the, I, think, I think it was the, the king kind of looked into the fiery furnace and saw that there was another person standing there with, um, with him. And I felt God was saying that God would be with him in the fiery furnace and he would come out of it um, not burnt and not smelling of smoke, so no trace of what, what anything negative. Now, God wasn't saying to me through this that nothing bad's ever going to happen to him and he's going to be perfectly fine, but God was promising I will, he will come out fine and I will be with him throughout. And the other thing was, this is, this is about you, Levi. The other thing was um, about David having, that David might not have looked as big as his brothers or ready like his brothers were to be the king. But God was saying to David, uh, um, to, to Samuel, who was kind of, you know, going to anoint David, that it's not about the appearance, it's about the heart. And, and actually, I'll read that scripture of exactly what he said. He said, when, so Samuel was, about, was looking through the different brothers. And it says, when they arrived, Samuel saw... Eliab and thought surely the Lord's anointed stands before me so surely this is the one that I need to anoint as king Uh, but the Lord said to Samuel do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him the Lord does not look at the things people look at people look at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart and God was saying to me I I see his heart I look at him it doesn't matter what he looks like I'll be with him I'll anoint him, I'll protect him, and I'll do that. So with these three different scriptures and stories, they were rhema, they're rhema words to us. You know, we'll write them down. You know, for each of our kids, we've got like a book where we write down scriptures and words and things like that we get for them. And we'll be praying that over him. And he can pray some of that himself, actually, while he's here. But um, that is rhema. And that gives you then a confidence and a faith. Okay, God is with him. God's going to be on his side. And that can eliminate straight away fear, worry. Um, oh, what, what about this and what about that? Or even when he's going through things, maybe while he's here at school, we will know, actually know God has spoken. God has told me these things. And you, you can begin to declare them with confidence. You can begin to prophetically, you know, speak them over his life with confidence. And, and that's how, that's what rhema words look like. And that's how it works. 
And you can apply that to everything in your life, all sorts of situations in your life. You need to hear what God is saying. Now, obviously, we haven't got time to go into how to hear the voice of God. Many of you would know some of that already. But we did a brilliant series at the beginning of the year, if you were watching Church Online, and it was all about how to hear God. It was all about hearing God. And we, did, we must have done weeks and weeks and weeks of that. So go back online and you can, you can get specific details of the ways of how to hear the voice of God. But God, you know, he speaks in a still small voice. Many of you will know how to hear him. Um, even, you know, reading the word is the best way to hear God. Read, reading the word daily, God will highlight things and it will bring things to your attention. So, we're going to take communion. That's why these guys have come in early this morning. And I believe that as we, as we take communion this morning, I believe God wants to just intervene in certain areas and things of our life. So whether, whatever they may be, those circumstances, those situations, the things that we might be on our heart right now, I believe God wants to step into those. So as we take the bread and as, as we take the, the, the juice, the body and the blood of Jesus, I believe he's going to intervene in certain areas. And what I want you to, to do is, if you haven't got a rhema word, to just ask him to give you a rhema word. So as we're taking communion, just ask him, God, give me a word for this situation. Give me a word for this problem. Give me a word for this bad report. And then like I was saying with Levi, you take those words, you take what he reveals and you apply it and you declare it and you stand on it and you believe it and you pray it until it happens. Amen. I, I just love this, this scripture. Um, this is in John 6, before we go into communion. Because it really speaks about having that life the life that comes from Jesus the life that comes from when we remember him in this way with with communion and this is from John 6 and he's uh, speaking to he's partly speaking to his disciples he's also speaking to some of the Jews that were kind of challenging him Um, and you can go home and read the rest of John 6 and and just get the context there of the the conversation they're having but I'm just going to jump in here at verse 48 it says I am This is Jesus speaking. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. So he's talking about in the wilderness, the children of Israel coming out of of Egypt and the manna fell from heaven and provided for them. It was like bread from heaven, they used to call it. And Jesus was saying, I am, I am that bread. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This this bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Now, obviously, we know he's talking figuratively here. He's not physically talking about drinking his blood and eating his flesh. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of my Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So we know figuratively he's talking about his body, his blood, and what he did for us on the cross, that he gave himself for us so that we could be forgiven for our sins, that we can come to him and have life, life in all of its fullness. He had to shed his blood. He had to shed, you know, he had to give himself for us. And that's the power of the cross. And when he's talking about, he said, he's saying, feed on me, feed on me. We need the life we need for day, for our daily lives, daily living. We need to feed on him. We need to feed on him spiritually. And as we take communion this morning, we're, we're remembering what he did for us. And this is a symbol of what he did for us and we're, we're receiving it into our bodies. So it is a powerful kind of sign. It's, it's, it, there's a miracle that takes place when we take communion. It's not just something we just quickly do. It's powerful because we are taking his body. We're taking his blood into us. And that's life to us. Amen. And I recommend you take communion. You know, you can do it weekly if you want. Do it every day if you want there's power in communion and also you know we were praying this morning and God kind of gave me a word in our prayer meeting this morning about us being a family and as we take this together we're taking it as a family that we we take this kind of a meal together and obviously usually we'd have a cup that goes round or bread that goes round and we we share that you know we obviously can't do that at the moment but well, we will start doing it eventually but it symbolizes us being together as one in unity as a family that we join together and we we remember the lord together before you take communion this morning i do want you to just take some time to just make sure there's nothing in your heart that is getting between you and god there's people you need to forgive or there's things that are going on or things that you've done just just deal do business with God while you while, before you take this so just actually take a moment right now just maybe just bow your heads or close your eyes or whatever but just take a moment right now to just get yourself right as we will call it with God maybe you've been distant from him maybe you've been ignoring him maybe you know just been getting on with life and kind of just forgotten him and left him in the background maybe there's stuff you're doing in your life that you're not proud of that you know you shouldn't be doing just speak to him about it if you need help we're here to help we can help you sort things out like that but just say God you know just forgive me we use our mouths the things that come out of our mouths the things that we might watch the things we might the people we might hang out with that they're just bad company for us 
stuff that we do, stuff that we don't do, our attitudes, our hearts, there's, there's lots of things. Just say, God, you know, forgive me for that, Lord God. Help me, Lord. You know, it's not that we're, we're always going to be perfect, but God, we need to turn to him for help. Maybe you struggle with your attitude. Maybe you struggle with negative thoughts and feelings like I was talking about earlier. Maybe you go on down on that spiral. Just say, Lord, forgive me for doing that. I want to have faith this morning. Father, all for faith in me. Lord, help me to not go on that kind of worst case scenario journey. Help me to have faith, put my faith in you and your word and your rhema word. Lord, I just pray for everyone this morning that they would just begin to hear your heart, begin to receive your grace, to be able to live the way you're calling all of us to live. Maybe some of you here might want to just rededicate your life to God afresh. It's a great opportunity to do that this morning before we take communion. Just say, God, I just give you my life. Lord, I need you in my life. I don't know how to live it the best way. Father, you take over. You come and do what you need to do in me. I want to live for you again. Or maybe for the first time this morning. And if you are giving your life to the Lord for the first time, and you know, just come and speak to us at the end. We'll pray for you. We'll help you. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd just like to... Um, forward and grab one of these um, from the tables over here. I'm not going to have you come forward and me put your put the wafer on your tongue, don't worry. We believe that you can have a relationship with God straight up to Him, directly with Him. You don't need a priest to be in the middle of your relationship with God like they used to believe. So just if you just take the wafer or the bread at the top, don't don't take it yet. Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took bread and when he'd given thanks he broke it and he said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance remembrance of me so he's given us his body today and I believe he wants to give us those rhema words he wants to help us in our lives in whatever way shape or form we need him so we just say thank you father for your body you can just take that now
So in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So Father God, we just thank you for your blood. We know it's your blood that washes us clean. It makes us white in the snow, as we were singing earlier. We thank you, Father, for with if we didn't have your blood, Father, we wouldn't have the remission of sins and we wouldn't be able to have relationship with you. So, Father, we're so eternally grateful for what you did for us on the cross, where you gave yourself for our lives. We didn't, we didn't deserve it. We didn't warrant it in any way. But, Father, it was a gift that you gave to us. You chose to come and make a way where there was no way for us. So, Father, we thank you for your blood. And we take this now remembrance of what you did for us thank you for listening to this kingdom faith podcast we trust it's been an encouragement to you for more information and resources from kingdom faith and our other audio and video podcasts please visit www.kingdomfaith.com